0: This is Shoes from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. We apologize for the technical difficulties last week, but looks like we got most of those straightened out now. We are back and ready to be with you guys for another week of Talking Twins and having some fun talking Minnesota Twins baseball as always. Now remember, you can always find us on the web. We are there at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. You can check us out on Facebook as well. We'd appreciate that. It's facebook.com slash talking twins. And, of course, we're on Twitter as well. You guys that are regular followers know that with our our contests and all the stuff we do out there. But if you haven't checked us out yet, please do. The handle is at Talking Twins. We have a lot of good stuff going on. More contests coming up soon. A lot of stuff yet here in the summer. And obviously you'll find out the news, all the Minnesota Twins happenings from the major and minor leagues each and every day on our Twitter feed, at Talking Twins. So with that, we're going to get into the show. And of course, as always, we will start with our Down on the Farm segment where Daryl and I will cover the Down on the Farm Minor League Stars of the Week. And then after that, we'll take a small break and come back with you guys for the In the Dugout segment, and we'll talk about the topics that are near and dear to what's happening around the Minnesota Twins at the major league level. So with that, I'll welcome Daryl in here, and Daryl, we're going to start with our minor league stars, and of course, as we always do, we go low to high. So we'll start at Cedar Rapids, and we'll end the trip in Rochester, and I'm going to let you start off with our, our Cedar Rapids low-A star of the week this week.
1: All right, and to start out, I got our you know first base prospect that we had uh, for a while now, uh, Lewin Diaz. Uh, he's twenty year old now. He kind of underperformed last year. He was signed by the Twins in two thousand thirteen. Uh, he's sitting a solid three hundred eight this this uh, over the last ten games with three bombs, four doubles, ten ribby, and six runs score, Now in the year so far, he's at two eighty seven with sixteen doubles, a triple, uh, six home runs. Uh, he's got twenty eight RBI and nineteen runs scored. So Lewin Diaz, the first baseman, Cedar Rapids, my star of the week.
0: Very nice indeed. And I'm going to come back with an outfielder down there, Jalen Davis. Uh, Jalen Davis uh, bounced around a bit last year, was in Dunn, played a little bit in Cedar Rapids last year, uh, getting a bigger chance this year. And so far, especially in his last 10 games, really, really taking advantage of the opportunity, hitting 375 in his last 10. That's a 15 for 40 clip at the plate with three doubles, six homers. Ten RBIs, twelve runs scored, and a couple of steals on top of it. I mean, definitely a, a kid that's taken advantage of getting the full playing time at Cedar Rapids and yeah, he keeps putting up numbers like that. He might be in Fort Myers by the end of the day. It won't be a Cedar Rapids opportunity for the year. He'll be he'll be playing some some baseball in Fort Myers and the miracle could use a little offensive punch as well. So that's our that's my guy down there is the left fielder Jalen Davis. <laughs> So as we move from uh, Cedar Rapids and slide on kind of definitely down south and to the east as well, all the way down to Florida for our guys in Fort Myers for our high A stars of the week. Uh, this week I have the first baseman down in Fort Myers, and that is Xander Wheel. And Xander is, uh his last 10 games hitting .316, uh, uh, 12 for 38 clip with a double, two triples, three homers. Uh, including a, a multi-homer game, seven RBIs, five runs scored, and a stolen base. So one of the, one of the few guys that I that I saw in in Fort Myers that were, you know, putting up some pretty solid offensive numbers. Now the guy that you've got this week though has probably been leading their team overall offensively for the the 2017 season, Daryl. Yeah, and
1: Chris Paul. He's had one heck of a start to the 2017 season. Uh, drafted as a first baseman, uh, switched over to third. Uh, for about 90% uh, of, the, of his position, 24-year-old. He was selected in the sixth round back in 2015. or the last 10 games, Brad, but he's hitting a whopping 444, two long balls, 12 ribbies, 11 runs scored, and he's currently on a 10-game hitting streak. Man. And on the, year, on the year, it's not just his week, though, because on the year, he's hitting 335, Man. three long ones, 13 doubles, 23 rubies, 24 runs, 24 runs bad, or runs scored. So he keeps it up. I can see him in double A by July.
0: Oh, yeah. that's And then they also could, could use the punch down there in Chattanooga a little bit, as we'll talk about here in a couple of moments. But, yeah, they definitely could use some pop. There have been several bats in that lineup that have started to, to cool off in the last couple of weeks. So, again, that is uh, Chris Paul, as Darrell mentioned, the third baseman for the Miracle and Xander uh, Wheel, myself, the the first baseman for the Miracle. Those are the stars of the week in Fort Myers. Now, as we mentioned, Chattanooga, that's our next stop. That is A, the Chattanooga Lookouts. Um, I've got Edgar Corsino as the star of the week down there, the right fielder, uh, 313 average over his last 10 games. That's a 10 for 32 clip with a couple of doubles, 11 RBI. So I do like the fact that Edgar, you know, drove in a nice amount of runs over that 10-game that stretch and then scored four himself. So nice little... You know, a nice little pop for definitely worthy of a star of the week. Uh, Daryl is an out, another outfielder that has been playing, you know, uh, electric as well down there in Chattanooga. And that's Lamonte Wade. He's been playing stellar
1: pretty much all year, Brad. You know, this Lamonte Wade, our outfielder here, uh, plays a little bit of center, well, plays a lot of center, right and left, just wherever the lookouts need him. But he's a 23-year-old, drafted in 2015 in the ninth round, uh, you know, he's sitting on a whopping 342. he He's got one dinner, five RBI, seven runs scored, three uh, stolen bases. He's hitting 302 on the year with four homers, five doubles, 16 RBI, 27 runs scored. Now, Lamonte is a solid outfielder. He's only committed one error and has four outfield assists. assists. Uh, he plays a lot of left, but like I said before, you can see him in center and right. So he's basically that utility guy in the outfield. Uh, Now, obviously, there's a big log jam in the outfield in Minnesota, but Lamonte, right now, if he continues to do what he's doing right now in Chattanooga, he's going to push the guys in AAA because he's going to be heading up there.
0: And so, again, for our Stars of the Week for the lookouts, that is Lamonte Wade, the center fielder, and Edgar Corsino, the right fielder, for our Stars of the Week in Chattanooga. Now, as we come up to Rochester and the the final stop on the tour here for our Stars of the Week. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Daryl first so he can announce uh, his final star of the week from the Rochester Red Wings. And my final star,
1: another outfield that needs to be pushed, I guess, by Lamonte, and whether he needs to be pushed or not, but maybe the fastest guy within the organization is Zach Granite, Brad. Center fielder, 24-year-old that uh, the Twins selected, In the 14th round, and I say this, I I like to say the what round and what year because it's just you don't have to be a top five, top ten. Zach was was selected in the 14th round back in 2013. If you remember, Brad, he led the organization and the entire minor league in stolen bases with 56 last year. Well, he's off to a nice little start here. He's in the last ten games 3-17, the homer, a double, five ribby, Three stolen bases and eight eight runs scored. Not the year. A solid three hundred nine nine stolen bases, which leads the organization. Now he missed the first what week and a half, two weeks, and he's already got nine stolen bases, which leads the organization. And as I mentioned, he had fifty six last year. Uh, six extra base hits, seven ribby, twelve runs scored. Uh, I gotta I gotta imagine if there's an outfielder cooling off in the majors or barring a trade or injury he's your first guy up if if you agree let me know if you don't let me know but I think I think Zach Grant's ready
0: I think there's no doubt about it that he's the next outfielder right now up in the system I mean if this was you know if we were talking you know in September October last year especially around the time of the fall league people might have said oh it's Daniel Palka you know showing all that power but boy his numbers have cooled off and no, granted, I mean, definitely, and the thing about granite that you mentioned, too, is that if they brought, if they bring him up, or when they do, it, that time is, he can play all three positions in the outfield. There's no problem if you've got to put him in center, there's no problem if you got to put him in left, right, it's not going to matter. His outfield skill set in terms of defensive ability, he's going to be able to play all three positions, you know, his speed is good enough that he can play center, his, you know, his skills in terms of route running to get to a baseball are good enough to cover left and right, and he's got an arm that's good enough to play in all three of those spots as well, so... No, I, I definitely think that the Twins like him a lot, and enough that there have been a couple of times where it's been rumored that he's been mentioned as a trade chip and offers, and the Twins have said no. We're you know we're we're not getting rid of him because we understand what he's going to be able to bring to the team. I see him as a future leadoff hitter, and this is a guy with incredible speed. This is a guy that if he gets on base, you know, just drives pitchers and and catchers, you know just nuts because of the. well pace. he hits for average
1: and like you said he's got the speed and doug doug out um, on double a he let him just run he just let him run he just trusted his instincts said run just go for it and it's he not, had 56
0: and it's not and, and when doing that when when it's stealing bases i mean if it was just that you were the fastest guy in the world um teams would go sign usain bolt and he would steal you know 100 bases a year now Obviously, well, and Byron Buxton he, in the minor leagues, he was always on base,
1: but he didn't have 56.
0: And and understand, obviously having having you know lightning speed obviously doesn't hurt. I mean, there's I mean, nobody's ever no, that's true. Yeah, nobody's that's ever right. go well, you know, you're too fast. But the other part of that is being as a as a good base dealer is being able to watch a pitcher to pick up instincts. Yeah, well, instincts, and also to be able to watch a pitcher and actually watch him enough so that you can see little things. In his movement, that that tips you off to go, okay, when he does that, he's actually going to the plate versus, you know, just little tiny things. That's what good base dealers will, you know, will, will tell you when, when they've stolen bases. And even guys that weren't the fastest guys, Cal Ripken was one of the guys I remember about this, would steal 20 bags a year. And, you know, Ripken wasn't, you know, he wasn't a plodding horse, but he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't Vince Coleman either. He wasn't, you know, the fastest guy on the planet. But he would tell you it's about what you see. You know, Moliner another guy that talked about this so that would steal 20 a year. And it's guys would say it's it's when you watch a pitcher and can be able to pick up certain minute little things, whether it's an elbow tipping a certain way, whether it's just a certain thing that pitcher does that gives away, okay, I know now he's going. And Granite's starting. I've heard, you know, Mankavich talk about this. Other coaches in the Twins organization say that you're starting to see that with Granite, that he is a student of the game, especially in stealing bases. And if, 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 that, if you give a guy like that speed and that ability to actually know when to go, well, now you're, you're starting to get up in, you know, rarefied air. And I don't want to start making, you know, comparisons to put pressure on the guy yet. But with, with that ability, there's no reason he couldn't be, a, you know, a 30 or 40 base dealer at least, if not more. Now, remember, this isn't the same game as it was in the 80s when you had guys like Vince Coleman stealing 75 or more bags ricky henderson stealing you know 80 passes. 100 yeah going up to 100 I mean, this isn't quite that game anymore but if he could come up here and steal 30 to 40 40 to 50 that's still believe me that is 40 or 50 or more times for example you got a runner in scoring position you're gonna i've him. had i've had a few
1: people ask me brad is he as fast or faster than bucks in? do you know
0: I don't know on physical numbers. I'd honestly. I'd, I don't
1: think I said I don't think so, but I we'd would, I would look into it. I don't think he's as fast. He just has better base filling instincts.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's it, he might be. For example, if they both he's ran, fast, but I don't think he's as fast. If they both ran the forty, I would probably bet that that Zach's probably going to be you know two tenths of a second, maybe three tenths of a second slower, which still is no right. slap, but. As I mentioned, it's about having that ability to watch a pitcher to know when you can go, when how much you can get a lead on a certain guy. You know, just knowing watching the, and nowadays with the video, watching the video and knowing a, a pitcher's pickoff move, so you you kind of can even watch. Okay, when he when he does want to turn over to first, there's something that he gives away because they're they're all still humans. They're not robots out there. They're you know, it's it's being that kind of a student of the game. And I think, granted, is that is that guy. I think he likes you know, being that guy, he's, you know, and again, McKevich and Absolutely. I have talked about it. So, no, I, I I agree with you in terms of, you know, as we get back.
1: And most players pride themselves on a certain aspect of the game. With with saying, you know, it's his defense. I mean, that's why he's always putting himself out there. And and with Zach, it's his it's his base stealing.
0: And you better if you're if you're a guy that's trying to get up from the from the double triple A level, you you better. I mean, you you better find something that's your niche. You have to set yourself apart, especially yeah. when you got yep. an
1: outfield like the Twins have right now.
0: That's exactly right. You be, you better find your niche. You better find something that makes that GM or that club president want to bring you up here you know or that or Or the other
1: gm from a opposing team that has something that you need right say we really want you
0: exactly you make yourself stand out so that no i definitely agree with you and we're in terms of talking about the stars of the week there as we wrap it up that yeah i I agree that granite's definitely the next the next outfielder that we're going to probably see up here um unless they for some reason they wanted to I, i just i don't see what other way they'd want to go with that so Although I do, I, agree. I do have another outfielder at the start of the week, but it's nowhere near in the in the Zach Granite level. It's a guy that's had a good week. He's more of a journeyman at, at this point, though, and that's uh, 29-year-old J.B. Shuck, yep. who also plays some center, some left as well for the for the Red Wings. Uh, nice week, though. I mean, as 10 days, don't get me wrong. 3.23 average, 10 for 31, uh, five doubles over that span, four RBIs, and four runs scored. Um, you know, Shuck did play for the White Sox a little bit last year. So this is a guy that has some major league experience as well. Do I think he's going to get called up in front of uh, Zach Granite? No, not at this point. I I, just, I don't see a chance that's that's happening. But it's a, it's another you know it's another nice story. It's a guy that unfortunately though might never if he gets another chance again. I just have a gut feeling it's not going to be in a Twins uniform. That'd be a guy where either they did deal him out in some kind of a you know trade or. He plays for Rochester the whole year and then gets his, you know, gets his outlet release at the end of the year. Well, here's a question for you, Brad. Could they bring him up in an emergency situation so they don't
1: uh, take out a a time, uh, what am I trying to say, I'm sorry, Uh, an, an 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 option time for Granite or Polka?
0: I guess that would be the only scenario where I mean, that'd be, that'd
1: be the only scenario I could see him coming up. Yeah, that'd be the only scenario. So you sc- don't use a player option on a guy that you think is gonna actually be part of your team and the
0: only way for the future. And the only way that I would see that happening would be as if really they were like, Okay, let's say let's say Robbie Grossman got hurt and they weren't gonna put him on the ten day D L but they knew that he couldn't play for let's say four or five days. So not right. long enough that they want to really commit him to the to the D L but they're like crap, he's not gonna be available for four days. They don't have um, Danny Santana anymore. I don't know that I'd trust them all of a sudden sliding, you know, eight Rianza to the outfield or even, Escobar, no. or even Escobar for that matter. So, I mean, Jimenez can play a little left and right, so they've got some leeway there. But I guess that's the only way I really see Shuck, you know, getting any kind of a chance up here in 2017. Or really, I mean, the clock is starting to tick forever because he's going to be 30 years old in the off season. You know, I I really think that'd be the only way, as if it was something where they needed a guy for four or five days and they didn't want to burn an option on Granite or polka Other than that, maybe in in the forty man call up, but I still don't even see that because I don't see them putting him on the forty man roster. Probably I mean, not. No. So I I think realistically, he's a guy that's gonna probably either finish his career as a Red Wing or he's gonna get one more chance to maybe get released and you know and and maybe he can catch on you know somewhere else where. It's tough, man. When you're a three year old, you know journeyman outfielder, right? It's pretty you're hard. You're to a coach somewhere. Yeah, I was going to say, man. Yeah, I hope you have prepared for life, life after the game of baseball, at least after the playing side of things, because it's, it's probably going to be real tough for you at that point to, to catch on. But and I wanted to give him a star because he has had a nice 10 game run. So with that, so he had a great
1: 10 uh, He had a great week run. And I, man, before he closes out, right? I just want to give, uh, let everybody know and give a shout out. We got Steven Gonzalez. Minor league pitcher of the year last year and Tyler J, who was uh the fifth overall pick two years ago yes, yep. back in the lineup off of the DL, both back in Chattanooga, pitching, healthy, so that's encouraging for all twins fans right now.
0: No, always always definitely. I always love to have the encouragement. I always love to to hear about the good you know, the good points. The guys coming back off the D L instead of everybody always wants to talk about the guys going on the D L so Right. With that real quick, I'm just going just to highlight again for Cedar Rapids, it's Lewin Diaz and Jalen Davis. For Fort Myers, it's Chris Paul and Xander Wheel. For Chattanooga, it's Lamonte Wade and Edgar Corsino. And for Rochester, it is Zach Granite and JB Shuck. Now, remember, to get all your latest information on all of our minor league affiliates, you can check out for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. You need to go out to www.kernels.com. For Fort Myers, you need to go out to the Miracles website at www.miraclebaseball.com. If you want the latest on the lookouts, you know, go check out the Chattanooga Lookouts at www.lookouts.com. And to get the latest on everything going on in Rochester and all that is Red Wings baseball, check them out at www.redwingsbaseball.com. So with that, that will wrap up Down on the Farm and our Stars of the Week for our Down on the Farm segment. So we'll take a break. Come back here after just a short moment and we'll sit with you guys in the In the Dugout segment. We're going to talk about Joe Mauer's Hot May and what a, a month of May he has had so far in 2017. We are also going to talk about the continued dominance by Urban Santana. And boy Big E just keeps on a rolling for the Twins in 2017. Um, also a little talk about Miguel Sano and how he keeps pushing for that first all game, All-Star Game start. And a couple other topics that will save us surprises as well. So Stick around, we'll be right back here in Talking Twins in just a moment.
1: This is Jason Douglas from Three Guys Talking. You're listening to Talking Twins on the 4D Podcast Network.
0: Back here on Talking Twins, and it is time now for the In the Dugout segment. We're going to talk about some of those topics we mentioned at the start of the show, in, uh, Joe Mauer's Hot May, uh, the continued dominance by our man Big E Irvin Santana, also, the push that Miguel Sano, Miguel Sano, excuse me, has continued to making for an All-Star game appearance here in 2017. We've got a couple other topics we're going to talk about as well, but first, i turn it over to Daryl as we do want to, We did give away the signed Miguel Sano autographed baseball, and I'm going to let Daryl take it away from there and announce that winner here on Talking Twins. Well, I just want to thank everybody
1: that participated, and as a reminder, there's going to be another. Uh, retweet giveaway within a week from now. But, congratulations, uh, Chris Jaskowski from Carson City, Nevada. Uh, he was really excited. Uh, when, when I announced him, I was early in the morning. Uh, I announced that he was the winner. One of his friends actually retweeted right away a congratulations to him. And, Since then, he's been asking me a lot of questions about baseball, about the Twins, and that's fantastic. He's got the baseball already. He's super excited. He was very happy. And that's what we're doing this for. We're not doing this for anything but to make baseball fans happy. These are extra stuff that Brad and I collect that we want to give away to you guys, hopefully – you're not just selling it on the black market or the market anywhere. Or on the you strip, know, it, or on the strip the,
0: if it's Vegas. You know, maybe he's not, we will make sure he's not, like, hawking it for 20 bucks. Well, you minute. know, hopefully
1: he's not. You know, he isn't, exactly, you know, I mean. But this is stuff that Brian and I have been doing since we were just children. And we want to pass it on to you guys. This extra stuff that we have. We do this uh, purposely. Take our wives out to... Uh, Twins Fest, and, and other events to get these autographs, uh, whether it's a baseball or, or or anything, to give away to you guys for free. And Chris Jaskowski, Carson City, he was so excited, and I'm so happy for him. Um, uh, we're solely becoming friends here because, you know, all the conversations we're having. So congratulations to Chris on, on the win of Miguel Sonoma.
0: Very nice indeed, very nice, yes, again, congratulations to Chris, look, uh, watch, and follow on Twitter, at Talking Twins, we'll have more, as Daryl mentioned, there will be more giveaways coming up soon. There's going to be a giveaway in a week,
1: in a week from now, a week from today, there's so, going to be another giveaway, it's going to have something to do with the draft.
0: So stay tuned, definitely check out t- at Talking Twins, again, it's at Talking Twins, stay tuned, there will be, as Daryl mentioned, that next giveaway in about a week, so, Keep checking that Twitter feed. You'll, you'll get all the details just as soon as it's time to let them fly out there. So with that, let's let's fly in to sit down in the dugout this week and chat about a couple of things. Um, my first thing that I want to talk about is, you know, first of all, the as, as we record the show here on Wednesday evening, May 24th, the Twins went to Baltimore and, and swept the, the Orioles, which was a, a great feat in itself because Baltimore was one of the better teams in the American League. And it's it's you know always tough to go out and play in Camden Yards. Win a series is nice. Sweep a series out there before you come back home to target field for the Memorial Day weekend, even better. Uh, one of the guys that's been the big push for me this season is just the flat out continued dominance from Irvin Santana. That the twins are getting some unbelievable uh, uh, pitching out of out of Irvin this year. I mean, it's and it's it's not that. I mean, people are like, well, there's you know, there's no way he's never pitched this well before. I mean, okay, maybe not to some of the numbers we're seeing early to start the season, but this is a guy that's won 17 games before, 16 games a couple other times. This is a guy that has has done some good things before, has run some ERAs down in the in the low three range, which again in the American League that's always a that's always a plus. This year, obviously, what Santana's doing, though, is... I mean, it, it's mind-boggling, yet if you're a Twins fan, it's like, man, we haven't had a guy step up and be the ace like this in, in many years. And you look at what, what Urban Big E has started the season with the 7-2 and record, a uh, 1.80 ERA. And you look at the fact that he's already got, out of 10 starts, two complete game shutouts, you know, thrown 70 innings already, um... I mean just just lights out a whip of zero point or I mean a point eight two nine under one whip. I mean he's his strikeout ratio to, to walks is, is beautiful as well. I mean it's about it's just under two to one and, and Irvin's not gonna always he's not gonna be a ten game or ten strikeout a game guy, but I I what, you look what he's doing, you know, four hits allowed per nine innings. You know, that's his that's his H per nine. I mean it's just a lot of things he's doing right now. It's amazing. He's setting the tone, and what he's also doing, Daryl, is not just setting the tone with his numbers, but he's also then it, it starts to become that that game of well, The next guy up behind him wants to continue the you know continue the role. If you are right now, what's really nice is they have Jose Barrios pitching behind him, and I think that's a great thing for for Jose is to follow a guy like that. He can, you know number one he can pick his brain you know when they're not in the field and all that good stuff in the clubhouse before games, you know, all that stuff. But I also just like the fact that Irvin's kind of setting the tone and you get the guys following him and they want to put the next good start up and the next good start up. And everybody's, for the most part, there's been a couple of guys we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit that maybe haven't been putting those good starts <laughs> up. But but between Barrios and, and Santiago following Irvin Santana, it's, it's been nice to see, you know, and I'll let you jump in here, what we've, what we've seen out of Big E so far to start the 2017 season. Well, with with, with
1: Big E, and you know I love him. I thought he was a great signing. Uh, You know, the Twins are notorious for signing those uh, mid-market. You know, they they don't go fishing in the big pond. They fish in that mid-sized pond, which is not always the greatest thing, as we've seen out of some of the pitchers. But with Santana, you know, this was a guy that he was up and down. And, like, every other year he had a – Great year, and then like an eh, okay year. And right now he's pitching like he's Bob Gibson or Clayton Kershaw. You know, you forgot the one one thing you mentioned is that batters are only hitting a buck 34 off of him. Good point. The lowest for a pitcher through the first 10 games since Bob Turley's 133 mark in 1955.
0: Good, good point.
1: So. He is pitching lights out. And you and I were having this conversation, Brad, just uh, you know, as friends talking to baseball. The last couple outings, prior to the most recent one, you know, he walked, what, 9-10 batters. He wasn't looking spectacular. Uh, but then he came out and pitched that gem of a game against Baltimore uh, where he had his second complete game shutout. Uh, and you're right. What you say about uh, the guys coming after him, and that's Brios, uh, you know, who's now three and zero. You know, they're they're learning from him. The question's going to come now: What do the Twins do, Brad, if they're in first place? Let's say a month and a half from now, when the trade deadline, you know, g- grows closer. You know, we got basically two months. Okay, we got until July 31st, and right now, a game and a half, as we are right now, they're a game and a half in first place. Are they going to do that in two months from now, and what do they do with a guy that they only have control of the rest of this year and next year with, I believe, a player, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, but they have his contract. I think a 13.5 in 18, and a player option for 14 and 19.
0: In terms of of Santana? Yeah. You're talking? In terms of Santana. I believe believe they have
1: a 13.5 for 18 and a player option for 19. That that is correct. Now, he's 34 years old, so you're looking at a, a guy that may never replicate this season again. Then again, it's baseball, it's sports. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, he played great last year Only got seven wins. Uh, he's already got a seventh win with a 1.80 ERA, like you had mentioned. What do the Twins do, Brad, with him, even if they're in first place, or maybe a couple games out of first place uh, uh, two months from now, come July?
0: And, and first of all, contract-wise, you were right. He is signed through uh, 2018, and then the club does have a, a club option on him for for 2019. So that yeah, you are okay. correct on that. You're done with the money there. Um, I think right now, I mean, really, I, I don't, I don't know that I can tell you right now. Only because I really think that the next you know 45 days really means everything for them. Yeah. Because I think if, I think if they're there in July and they're really there where they realistically believe they have a play for a playoff run this year, I think it's a couple of things. It's, it's not just, it's obviously the, the fact that you'd have that playoff chance this year, you'd probably want to, you know, obviously not then start breaking that up. And it also right. it also then starts to look at, okay, is this the guy that maybe we want to keep around for the next two years to continue to mold the Barrios, to continue to then to even get to start to mold the Gonsalves, maybe the the Fernando Romero, and And if it's and then it depending on your your draft pick, if it's Kyle Wright, you know it's gonna be a very shorter track for him to be up here than if it's say a high you know a high school guy like Hunter Green or whatnot so i I think there's a couple i think really the first thing we have to see is does this club continue to play at this level for the next you know forty five days if they do, I really think at this point for what they have left in Santana, I think it, it it's it's a better bargain to keep him here. For the next two year, you know, for at least this year and next year, I don't know about the nineteen option. I'm not going to go that far out yet. That's that's a little ways to jump out and say, you know, a, a middle of 2017, you're telling you know, saying I'm going to keep a guy for in the nineteen, you know, year. That's there, there's a lot of things that could dictate. I mean, he could get hurt in 2018, and then the club's going to go, well, oh, there's not a chance we're going to pick him up on the nineteen option because it's just you know, a bigger risk there. So I'd, or, there, think, could be, or there, there could be, or they could be another
1: club like, like a Baltimore or one of the, one of those teams that are. Like, you know, in second or third place, but know that they have all the assets right there to compete for a wild card or their division and give up whatever it is
0: I do think that that's-
1: a team gives up.
0: Like last year and the year
1: before, I mean, there's been, there's been players that have been spectacular through the first two months and...
0: Oh, I... I get that. I I totally and I totally get that. I I don't think they don't always finish with their team because
1: that's too tempting when you're getting up priced prospects.
0: But usually those teams that are making those trades, they're not coming into the first and second week in July, either in front of their division, or with a realistic chance to make a wild card. Usually those teams that are making those deals, giving those players that are you know giving those guys up, are usually teams that are starting to see the writing on the wall come you know July you know, first, fifth, tenth and they're going, Ah, yeah, we're we're not really, you know, we're not in this, you know. I mean even if they're borderline, they're looking at their team and going, Okay, yeah, maybe we're six games out or five games out, but look at us realistically, probably not a you know, a team if you're I'm sorry, but if you're into that first and second week of July and you're a game up and you're leading the division still, I don't think realistically you can look at your fans and I don't think you look you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, Well yeah, we're playing to win but even though we're a game and a half up in the division, we're going to deal our, our, our number one pitcher. I, I mean, we're number one. I don't know how you're going to honestly tell the fans that with any, any you know, shroud of decency or, or respect to yourself or the fan base by doing that. So I think that really – that's why, I mean, those these next 45 days really kind of put themselves in a situation where they may go from being sellers – to being even or to maybe even being a team that's looking a little bit. Now, I don't think this is going to be a club that's going to be dangling out minor league prospects to anybody at all, but if they get into that second week of July, boy, and they're still right around that, that lead for the division or they're within a game or so, they could be a team that maybe tries to go out and just toss a little bit of money out there. I know Polat's probably not going to open up the purse strings wide open and let it fly, but it could be where they could go, hey, we'll throw a little money at an aging veteran Remember, you're, you're at that point, if you're trying to get, like, let's say a fourth or fifth starter, you're really only looking at a rented guy. You're only looking at a guy that you're going to pay money for, realistically, for the 2017 season. You're, if nothing else, you're, you're, you're just going to, you know, you're going to sign, you know, one-year club option. Maybe, you know, at the, maybe two-year, you know, you're, you're not going to sign somebody, obviously, long-term at that point. But I really think that the next 45 days answers that question. I don't think we even get to talk about Irvin's 19-team option until, until sometime next year if he's still here. Then that starts to become more of a you know, you know, spring training question. I think then it's then it's anything you know right now with that with that 19 club option. There's just no way the Twins are gonna even kind of have that conversation right now. It's 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 way it's way too early. Nothing against what Big E's done because he's done a hell of a lot this year. It's just it, it's it's way too early. I mean it's it's way too early to even to even kind of you know entertain that as we. Now, as we transition, we're talking about somebody that's that's been hot. Well, somebody else that's been hot in the month of May is number seven himself, Joe Mauer. Now, uh, really, uh, really down April for Joe, and you know the the boo birds and the the negative this and the negative that. You know, started coming back out. Well, you know, geez, drop him in the lineup, drop him in the lineup, make him hit six or seven, put him down there, put him down there. Now, obviously, Malmuth is not listening to that. James Rawson, the hitting coach, isn't listening to that, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Falvey and Levine aren't listening to that stuff on, on social media and, you know, the you know the talk shows and everything either. And probably a good thing they didn't because it's turned around in May big time to the point that, you know, Mauer going into Tuesday night had a 10-game hitting streak going, which at that time was the second longest this season in the major leagues. His slash line after Tuesday's game, Darrell, was three for May. Was 322, 420, and 492 this month. So, definitely Joe Mauer's having like the the total reverse for the rough April he had. It's it's completely spinning around for the month of May, and you start to wonder: are we are we are we seeing? And this is the question I'm going to ask of you: is this just a, a one month thing, or are we back to maybe starting to see? the Joe Mauer that, you know, and I, we may never see the 2009, you know, MVP Joe Mauer again, but are we starting to see the Joe Maurer that we know that can be that very productive, you know, number three hitter to set the table and so forth? Well, I don't think we're going to see
1: the 2009 Joe Mauer, Brad. Uh, you know, you have to go back to the Metrodome to do that. But that are, we seeing, are we seeing the 225 bad average with a 270 line, on base percentage, I don't think so. Uh, you know, now in May so far, 332 with a 420 uh, on base percentage. Now throughout the month, he hit four doubles per month, eight RBIs per month. He had nine runs in April, and he's already got 11 so far in. Uh, he's got 11 runs so far in May. Now the big thing that the Twins are doing, he's not hitting that great off of lefties. He just really isn't, and Kenny Vargas is hitting just about everything. So they're really playing it smart. And this is the whole—you uh, you, got to use sabermetrics. You got to watch what people are hitting, you know, what players are hitting on, and and, and what, what's working. Well, what's working right now is that he's hitting righties. He's—he you know, taking his walks. He's not striking out a ton. He was, uh, he had a lot of unlucky, he was one of the most unluckiest hitters, really, if you would, in April, because where he just had great, great line drives, you know, good at-bats, and and then, you know, whoops, uh, it's caught. You know, he wasn't striking out a ton, but then in in, in May, he started hitting for average. He started taking, again, the walks didn't... uh, you know, double or anything, and stayed about the same, but he started getting those hits. And they're playing him in the position that is making him successful. So it doesn't mean that he has to go down the batting order, but he's not going to be playing as many games. I think the days in which he's playing every single game is done, Brad. It's done. Especially when you got Kenny Vargas hitting as well as he is, and you got other uh, DH. You got other, you got other, you got younger players that are ready to take that position. So the days of him playing every single game is, is just—it's not going to happen anymore. They're going to play him and put him into position. And this is more not just on how good that Joe Maurer is, and he, again, he's you know—from April to May, much much better. But it's management put him in the position to do that.
0: And that's what I like to see. No, I, I mean I agree with you on the fact that this is probably not the you know 159 game playing you know Joe Mauer anymore. It's, I mean it definitely is going to be like you mentioned more of a you know they're going to analyze splits more. They're going to do things like that. You know you and and uh, Kenny Kenny's Vargas that's hitting like he is obviously helps you out in that instance because it does give you a guy. That, yeah, it does. It, you're right. I mean it gives you a guy that you can slide in there in the lineup you know, for for certain games where you don't think Maurer's going to be a good offensive fit, and you're right, the way Vargas has been hitting the ball, and he's not been, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say he is, you know, like Keith Hernandez or, you know, like Don Mattingly Gold Glove over there, but he's certainly, or Ken Herbeck even, but he's certainly been. He's been solid, though, but he has been been solid. You're
1: right. He's been Gold Glove worthy. If he was a full-time first baseman,
0: and I'll say he's been definitely more than serviceable over there. He's definitely not cost. Absolutely, he hasn't cost them over there, and that's you know that's the big thing. If he's going to be as productive as, as he is in terms of Vargas at the plate, if he's not costing them runs over there, that's you know that, that works out where they can you know look at their their matchups a little more and go well you know we're going to give Maurer a night off tonight. You know we're gonna you know we're gonna play Vargas. We're gonna do things like that. It gives them it does give Maurer a little more or uh, Molitor, excuse me a little more flexibility. So that that is you know that is a, a a big point there as well. So, definitely the second topic I want to bring out and talking about big guys that can that can swing the bat. Um, boy, that leads right into the right into the next topic for for us here in the dugout, and that is Miguel Ceno, pushing for an uh, his first All Star game here in 2017. And you talk about it uh, in terms of you know, qu- you know with players you know. On the team, you know, you have to be able to have so many at bats to qualify for average. Because technically, on the, if you look at the stats, um, Adrianza leads the club hitting .385, but he's only got 13 at bats in six games. You don't, you don't qualify I'm Sorry, you really, really don't get, get that qualification. No. There. So looking at you know, Sano hitting an even 300 now after today's action, uh, and, and you look at what else he's doing. Obviously, with the the 11 homers, the 37 RBIs, and those other numbers. The stat that jumped out to me the most that I heard today was the one that really blew my mind. Miguel Sano leads this club in five categories, Daryl. He leads them in average. He leads them in hits, runs scored, home runs, and RBI. There is only one other player in Major League Baseball right now that leads his team in those same five categories. You want to take a guess who that is? Uh, Trout. That is exactly correct. Mike Trout from the Angels. So right now, Miguel Sano is starting to put himself up in some pretty, some pretty uh, rarefied air, some nice fine companies. Because anytime that you are talked about next to a former MVP, and next to right now who is probably well a, a two-time team, MVP. Well, right, uh, yeah, but, MVP, that's but that's what I mean—a a previous MVP and a guy that's probably right now the all-around best baseball player. So, so, so Sano leads the Twins in what, what categories again? Batting average, hits, runs scored home runs, and RBI. And here I'm going to add to that
1: real quick. He leads the entire MLB, Brad. He's, or not lead, he's top 10 in the entire MLB, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, which is your on-base plus slugging, RBI, and base on balls, and war, wins above replacement. He's top 10 in all categories. He's tied for seventh currently in fielding percentage with a nine sixty four having only committed three years. That's just I that's mean, in, that's throughout the entire M- MLB. So just to put a little caveat on what you're saying, he's the not only the best twins player, but he's a top ten, if not M V P candidate in the entire M- MLB.
0: Definitely and, and he's and he's definitely I mean without a doubt he if he's just even stays you know eighty eighty percent of this pace he is right now um, he's he he already, he already is the leading Twins vote getter for the All Star game. Um, Absolutely, and and, and I, there's no doubt. And there could mind. be multiple. There could be there could multiple be a, this Paul, year. Irvin Santana could be an All Star.
1: He keeps he's definitely, definitely. He could be a starter.
0: So it, it's it's not out of the realm that Sonone and Santana, for example, both make the All Star game. I mean, that's that's not out of the realm at all. That both those two make it and as starting players. I mean, so it's just. It's it's nice to see because, boy, in the last couple of years, you know, when the when the losing was happening and so forth, it was always talked about. I was like, okay, we're going to get one of those two they have to bring guys. You know, we were, we were always like, okay, well, every team has to get a guy, so who are they going to have to take from us, you know? Right. Like, other than, you know, Dozier, obviously with his year last year, you know, it,
1: but Perkins a year before, yeah. Right,
0: But I mean, that was in there at home too, and they wanted to have a couple of guys there when it was in. Of you know, course, when it was in Minneapolis. But you know, years, even some of the past years before that, it was always like, well, we got to have that one guy. This year, it's looking like right now, it, it there's not going to have to be. Well, they have to have one guy. It's going to be you're going to want. You know, the fans want Miguel Sano there. They're um, probably if he's not in on player vote. I think guaranteed that whoever. He's going to be play. an unplayer vote. No, right not Sonol. Not I'm not talking about Sano. Sonol will be an unplayer vote, but I'm saying, like, Irvin Santana will probably not be an unplayer vote. Irvin I don't a, know. I'm an I mean unfan he, vote. I do not. I don't, I don't think Santana is going to be an unfan vote just because, again, it's Minnesota and it's not the name recognition. But once it gets to the manager, true. the manager getting to pick those other players, the manager's going to look, and he's going to see what numbers Irvin Santana's put up. And if that's 10 wins by that point, you know. I, I don't think there's any. Well, he, since, since he's already
1: got as many wins as he did last year with a lower ERA, and <laughs> you know he should, but yeah, he's definitely an all-star this year.
0: Yeah. So I mean, right now that's our, you know, that's our all-star chat. Those are the two. But real quick, that- I wanted to add
1: something on to go on Miguel. Oh, please do. Uh, and, and this is from uh, this is from uh, let's see, I believe it, it was Elias Sports Bureau. Now, this is prior to today's game, Brad. Miguel Sano, when he hit his 11th home run of the season, he had three RBIs on Monday against the Orioles. That brought his total up to 37 RBI in 40 games. The only other Twins players are Twins slash centers uh, to have as many homers and RBIs as Sano, again, uh, 11 and 37, in his first 40 games, Larry Hiles of uh, in 1977 with 11 home runs and 42 RBI, and Joe Mauer, 2009 with 13 and 40, and that's per Elias uh, Sports Bureau. So he's in some elite company.
0: No, very very nice company indeed. So I mean that's that's so this we'll we'll keep watching. We'll see how that goes. Obviously we've got a month left, so we'll keep you know continue on that, and we'll see where where the all-star talk takes us. And, and, you know, looking to some highlights for the, the next show, we are going to uh, bring our, our friend back, Jeremy Nygaard. Uh, we'll do some talk about the, the MLB draft. It will be At that point, we'll be getting pretty close to to draft time. So we'll sit down with Mr. Nygaard. He always does a, a very good job of, of bringing us some excellent excellent draft coverage for the MLB. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, you know, We'll obviously recap the past couple of weeks in action as well. See how things you know have, have transpired there. Hopefully, we're still talking about a first-place club at that point. We'll have a whole host of other topics as well. Um, just want to highlight you know looking over the next uh, next week to ten days, the Twins will be coming back home to Target Field to play a three-game series against the Rays. Uh, they've also got another little three-game series against the uh, best record team in the American League right now in the Houston Astros. So it's going to be another another big test. Going out to to Baltimore was a test. They they passed that one to flying colors. Now they'll get to come home and. And take on a raised team that they should, you know, get a series win out of there. And then they'll have to to take on those tough Astros and whether they can get a, a series win there, that'll it'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. And then the twins will go on a little bit of a road trip, taking on the Angels, the Mariners, and the Giants. So a little bit of a West Coast swing there. Um, so as they're as are on the road of Fairmont in June. So with that as we start to to wrap up the show, just want to remind you guys again, watch it in the next week on Twitter. That's at Talking Twins to find out the next giveaway of what we're going to be throwing out there for you guys. And, of course, just always remember that uh, you can check us out on the web at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Talking Twins is recorded each week from the First Pitch Studios. Uh, Just want to remember, you guys, we're also part of the 4D podcast network, so check out all the other great shows that that they have out there on the network as well when you're checking us out. Uh, And remember, you can find us on Facebook. It's www.facebook.com slash Talking Twins. And if I hadn't said enough, I'll say it one more time. Check us out on Twitter, at Talking Twins. So with that, for Daryl Yates, I'm Bradley Swanson. I will talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks. Until then, keep having fun, keep watching this baseball club, keep cheering, and let's go, Twins. Talk to you guys next time here on Talking Twins. Talking baseball in Minnesota. Bernie Allen. Nice.